but I just want to say something about our military people, if I could, for one moment. Please. Um, you know, I moved to Maine, and I moved to a town called Castine, Maine, when I first went there. And it was an interesting place because so many poets and writers lived there, but so many retired army bigwigs, you know. Um, the brass. Brigadier generals. Yeah, the brass were there. And I got to know them, and I got to know their families. And they became some of the best people that I ever knew in my life. People whose whole family was dedicated to duty and service. Hey, I'm Randy Miller, and this is Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is a weekly tribute to our nation's heroes. Each week, I'll interview an A-list celebrity who supports our country's military and our veterans. Don McLean is a legendary singer-songwriter best known for his 1971 hit song, American Pie, celebrating its 50th anniversary this week. We are honored to have Don McLean join us here on Celebrity Salute. And it's hard for, t- for me to imagine that. I can't wrap my head around this. The 50th anniversary of the great song American Pie. And uh, the guy that did that and many, many more, the legendary Don McLean is with us back again on the National Defense. Don, how are you? Well, I couldn't be better. I'm feeling terrific. Um, slightly overweight from sitting around too much, but I think that's probably a problem the whole country's facing. Um, but feeling really good and doing many, many things. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wake up every day and uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen next. You know, it's all good. You know, you got to be going nuts, especially you, because you, you, you're that gypsy, right? You got to get to the next town, do your show, move on, get to something else. I yeah. mean, how do you how do you settle yeah. yourself down? Well, I'm settled down good. I tell you, after being home for a year, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna ha- and I'm gonna have to pull myself out of this hog waller I'm sunk into and um, get back on the road and get that momentum going again, and it's going to hurt because I've lost that, you know. But I, what I've gained is that I've gotten involved with so many projects, this m- documentary movie, this children's book, the yeah. stage play that's going to... I've signed contracts on all this stuff with important, you know, people that get the job done. We've got big money for this documentary. This is for real. And so these are the kinds of things I never would have been able to do if I was always traveling like I, I have been for 50 years. And um, so there's that. But um, Well, let's, let's talk about this do- documentary a little bit because this sounds fascinating. Sure, sure. Uh, the Day the mm-hmm. Music Died, the story behind Don mm-hmm. McLean's American Pie. What kind of things are we going to find out about? Well, you're going to have to wait to see what you're going to find out. <laughs> but I would say that uh, you know, American Troubadour was a, a documentary about my career and me and a, and my song. Very nice documentary done by Jim Brown, who's done a lot of documentaries on musicians, and he's a personal friend of mine. This is different. This is going to be all a deep, uh, getting deeply into uh, what the song means, what it means to people, what the world was like then, how it was created, um, what was really going on uh, so that folks all these years later who may hear the song and enjoy it will really understand where it came from and where I was at the time and all the rest. So it's going to be 
Um, you'd have to listen to a lot of my interviews, I think, to get around to understanding as much as you're going to know in this, or in a lot of books that have been written about me. You'd have to read them all to ever get really as close as this is going to get to what was actually happening. And it's, it's worthwhile because the song is still um, a sensation. It's, oh, yeah. That's why it's number one on all these iTunes charts with this acapella version of the song. Um, and there was never a song like it before or since, but there were a lot of songs around in the 1960s and early 70s. There was never a song like a Rolling Stone. There was never a song like MacArthur Park. There was never a song right. like Good Vibrations or A Day in the Life. It was a very creative time period in our world, in our music. And um, I was honored and lucky have been inspired by all that and be able to have a small part in that um, and and to have scored some big songs up with the big boys um, because they were uh, very creative. And now I, I, I don't hear a single thing I can remember even when I hear what they call music now, which to me is um, nonsense. Talking to Don McLean, the documentary The Day the Music Died, the story behind American Pie is set to release at the uh, end of this year. A- and will that finally tell us the answer of why you let Madonna do a version of that? Well, Madonna does whatever she wants. You know, um, <laughs> you got to move out of the way for Madonna. But she's about as uh, big as Elvis Presley. Uh, in cultural terms, we have to face the fact that uh, she is... Uh, extremely important artist right and she has never been slowed down and she's never to the best of my knowledge done anyone's songs that weren't hers so she went out of the mold and did this song because i think she uh i think she i think she said she should sing it in summer camp (laughs) and uh and you know and she felt it was the song of the of the of the century and it was and so a it was a hit. Brand, she wanted to put her brand on. Well, everything she does is a hit. Yeah. But she wanted to put, and she actually did a show where they were comparing the kind of uh, show that she was doing when American Pie was her her big song, and they would mention me all the time, you know. And I just love her. I love what she did for the song and for me, and uh, and I wish her good health and a long life and. Um, we should be very proud of Madonna. She is uh, an American original, and um, that's what we want. You know, we don't yeah. really want same old stuff. That's where the surprises came in the music. But I don't see any surprises now. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you say that. You know, that modern music is repetitive. It, it lacks substance, and, and it means nothing. So there's there's nothing out there in the landscape that you've seen recently that you could say, okay, I, I like that. Well, it has to be perfect, all right? If I see a songwriter and he's singing and I'm listening to him and he's doing something that I like and then it goes off the rails and it goes wrong, in my mind, it's no good. Right. It's no good. It's, it's got to be perfect. So, you know, if you hear I Get Around the record, that is perfect. <laughs> fun, fun, fun is perfect. And it's complete. There's nothing you could take away or add to that without screwing it up. What, what did you think about and, the, Be- the Beatles? Well, everything they did was, was perfect. The <laughs> albums, the records, the, 
the George Martin was very, very important part of that because the Beatles without George Martin sound a little like the Ruddles. Remember? Right, uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> the Monty Python used to do the Ruddles for right. the Beatles. Uh, and the Beatles had a lot of Ruddles in them, you know. <laughs> right. He gave them a certain sophistication. And he was the actually... He was the synthetic drug, or if you will, or something that made them uh, psychedelic. Really, George yeah. Martin did that. Because if you listen, take Strawberry Fields, okay, that's a very simple song. But when you've got all that stuff going on, you know, grinding away and tapes going backwards and hiss and all this weird stuff, that's, that's him, you know. Yeah, I, I'm reading. You know, on the day in the life, and the day in the life, you've got him playing that clavichord uh, instrumental. Right. You know, the guy was brilliant. You know, yeah. and uh, there wasn't anything the Beatles. Did. I think the Beatles were inspired by him. <clears throat> I really do. I think they wanted to please him. Yes, and they went yeah. way out to come up with things that would knock him out because he was he was not easily impressed. Yeah, I, I'm reading a, a fascinating book right now. Uh, called The Final Days of John Lennon by James Patterson, uh-huh. of all people. And uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. John Lennon talks about from the early days of the Beatles, when they first came to America, right after Kennedy was assassinated, he was always yes, afraid, always afraid for his life. Oh, yeah. Have you, Don, have you ever uh, felt that, that kind of danger? Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I live in a gated community out here. That's why I live in a in a place on 175 acres in Maine with a seven-tenths of a mile driveway and, uh, and a gate. Um, yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, if Bill, what was the name of that lovely little girl who was on the sitcom and the guy came to her front door and shot her in the Oh, yeah. right, right. Um, you know, remember her? A lovely girl. Her parents didn't want her to go to Hollywood. She wanted to be an actress. She sounds like Rebecca Schaefer. Yes. Um, if they'll do that to somebody like that, you don't think they'll do that to anybody else? Come on, you know. But but he, he also John Lennon also said that uh, his when he was on stage, he felt the safest that he uh-huh. ever ever felt. Well, that wasn't a, such a good idea because they can really pick you off from the audience, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they didn't. They weren't checking. <laughs> they weren't checking what you were bringing in the hall in those days at all. I right. had many bomb scares. In the 1960s, in fact, one is on YouTube. You can see it at Columbia University. We had bomb scares all over the place, and um, now they send out these SWAT teams, and everybody goes, you know, bats. Um, they're overkill in right. a way, but not really because we have so much violence now in the country. I can see why they have to react that way. But I just want to say something about our military people, if I could, for one moment, please. Um, you know, I moved to Maine, and I moved to a town called Castine, Maine, when I first went there. And it was an interesting place because so many poets and writers lived there, but so many retired Army bigwigs, you know. Um, the brass. Brigadier generals. Yeah, the brass were there. And I got to know them, and I got to know their families. And they became some of the best people that I ever knew in my life, people whose whole family was dedicated to duty and service um and i i 
many instances in their lives I saw it as their grandchildren went off to the Iraq war. And, you know, one man I knew was a dear friend of mine named Alfred Baggett. He was in World War II and in Korea and in Vietnam. And uh, he was the nicest, and but he was tough, you know. And I learned a lot from him. Um, he, he was married for... 50 years and his wife died and his daughter died and it was very sad and mm. and he was strong and a, a couple of years later he got married again <laughs> and he lived on for another 15 years with this wife and wow. you know it's like it happened don't look back right. you know and I admire that discipline and he didn't he felt bad oh yeah he was he was hurting but he was still he- putting one Soldiering on, right? You know, soldiering right. on, putting one foot in front of the other. It's a good lesson, you know, for the American public. I right. think, especially who are now, a bunch of crybabies. Yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of crybabies. Yeah, they've got everything, and they and they're always whining about something. And they haven't traveled the world, and they haven't seen poverty, and they haven't seen people that have nothing. I found out in his obituary that he spoke German and Japanese. Oh wow! I never, I never knew that. And he was in charge of uh, ordnance. Wow! So he was an ordnance commander. You know, those guys don't uh, like. They don't know. talk about that stuff. No, he doesn't talk about a damn thing. <laughs> and and I said, you know that, you know, I learned from him. You know, I really did. He was just had a certain um, civility. He wrote letters. You know, he would yeah. sit down and yeah. write a letter. And it was nice to receive a letter from him. He was written in script and it said, written well, and he saved it. I saved those letters. You know, so anyway, I, my, my best feelings go, I really realized how wonderful these Army families are, and there are a lot of them in the state of Maine. Well, Don, that's that's really appropriate because I mean your music provided the soundtrack for just about just about every time period in uh, American conflicts, including Vietnam, and you know it means so much as you know for the troops to hear that from you. Hey, who do who else do you respect as a songwriter? How about Paul Simon? Oh, uh, Paul Simon is a terrific professional songwriter. Um, you know, I liked, um, Lauren Nero. I thought she was a great songwriter. I liked Tim Harden. I thought he was a great songwriter. I think James Taylor is an excellent sure. songwriter. I think El- Elton John is an excellent song- songwriter. <clears throat> I think Neil Sedaka is a great songwriter. Yeah, right. You know, oh, so many. I love some of his songs. Um, there are many that I'm missing. I think, Bob Nolan of the Sons of the Pioneers, oh, wow. one of the great Western songwriters of yeah. all time, wrote a thousand songs about the West. Uh, Tumbling Tumbleweed, oh, Cool sure. Water. How about Michael uh, Martin Murphy? Excellent, yes. Very good singer and songwriter and Western expert. And uh, um, my God, there's, I, I think um, Peggy Lee was a great songwriter. She wrote, you know, That Good Day. And sure. She wrote a lot of tunes that were hits. I was surprised. So I, I think Chris Benton was a great songwriter too. I was surprised to find out. I didn't know that you uh, had a, an album called Don McLean Sings Marty Robbins. Yes, that's one of the eleven albums that we loaded, uh, uploaded onto the Don McLean YouTube channel. And yes, and I sing oh a bunch of his beautiful songs. And oh, I arrange, cool. I arrange all my stuff. I do everything. You know, I sing the songs, I write the songs, I arrange the songs. 
In that case, I had the cover done by a man named Thomas B. Allen, who uh, Marty Stewart knows very well. He did a lot of albums of Flatten Scruggs for Columbia Records, and he was a famous illustrator worked for Esquire magazine back when you had illustrators you right. know, who would do interesting artistic things, you know. Uh, look at the Flat and Scruggs and Carnegie Hall album cover. That was right. Oh, right, right. Now, he's the same person that did uh, the cover of the uh, Don McLean Sings Marty Robbins album. What a music historian you are, too. Talking to Don McLean, I marvel at the amount of people that have recorded your stuff uh, and, and I mean, everybody from Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Garth Brooks, Josh Groban, yeah. Drake. Uh, I mean, yeah. who, who is the I most know. surprising that you've ever had record a song? You go, I would have never imagined that. Oh, well, there was a guy who was a rapper and I think his name was J.J. Sinatra. <laughs> and he's a white guy and he's British. <laughs> so that's a combination. And he took a song of mine. <clears throat> which is kind of a poem. It's on a, it's on the Chain Lightning album. It's called it's a, it's a Beautiful Life. And I recite four verses while the bass is going behind me. Upright bass is swinging. <laughs> and then I stop and I sing. I sing, but I see it's a beautiful life. Doom, doom, doom. The bass goes on again. <laughs> so when I was, this guy took that and starts rapping. But then he puts me in the song singing, but I see it's a beautiful ah! one. And it was, it was crazy. That's the craziest record of anything I ever did, I ever got from anybody. And uh, I had Bob Moore, who was the most recorded bass player in history with something like 18,000 sessions oh, wow. under his belt over a period of about 50 years. Uh, on every Elvis album, every country album, Bob Moore, every every uh, um, Kenny Rogers album had Bob Moore. Wow! But um, so I said to him, "Now look, just start playing anything you want, <laughs> right? <laughs> play anything you want to play, but walk the bass, but play anything you want. And then when I say, but I see, I want you to hit this note. <laughs> <laughs> okay." <laughs> And uh, you can hear it. You know, and, I mean, uh, I, 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 if Don McLean is telling you something, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think most people would listen. I, I was amazed. Uh, 2015, uh, one of your four handwritten manuscripts of the lyrics to American Pie auctioned by Christie's for $1.2 million. Yes, that's true. How does, I mean, how does that make somebody feel? Well, you know, there's so many things that have happened to me that have been literally beautiful things that any one thing like that that ever would ever happen to the average person, they would feel that their life was made, you know. that Right, right. And I've had do- dozens of things like this happen. So I, I thank God every day, you know, for the talent I've been given and the life I've been given. And each day I try to do something good with it um, or learn something new. But the worst thing that you can do in this time is to, is to look back and look at what you've lost. That's not the way to do things. I don't think right. See the possibilities of the future. What's lost is lost. It's not going to come back. You can't get back what's lost. 
you have to let it go and you have to look ahead and say, man, I've got so many things. And that's the reason why this year has been so uh, productive because I've been doing that. That's why we're talking about all right. these um, different enterprises that are ongoing. And there are many more, by the way. Well, but yeah, I don't want to be, there's there's a, be none. There's only so much you can control. Well, it's over. Right. You know, and, and I'm, I'm a person who I mourned the death of my father for years. I mean, I know what this is like to be caught in a, in a cycle of grief. And it's always going to be with you. You have to realize the pain's never going to go away. You, you know, um, you're going to suffer in this life, and um, somehow or other, it's going to get to you. And you have to um, realize it's, it, you're going to get stronger, and you're going to continue on. And it's really what you can do, I think, for other people that make life worth living. And yeah. so, therefore, when I hear that my songs have been helpful to people or that they've been married to end I love you so or or they love tapestry and it taught them about the environment or they heard a song like three flights up which is a kind of an unusual song and they uh, thought about things differently when they looked at a building you know or whatever it's all part of you know what I wanted to do and um, and I was willing to pay any price to do it I was not going to look back I was not going to go back you know, all my friends went on and their lives got married, had jobs, had Social Security and Medicare or whatever. They had benefits. I didn't have any benefits. You know, <laughs> I'm five, eight years down the road. If I had been a failure, I couldn't have gone back. Right, right. I, I could actually, I could have ended up homeless. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, my mom didn't have any money. She didn't have money. You had to no, be, have, as a musician, you got to be all in like that if you, if you really appreciate your you craft. You really do. Yeah. Well, Don, listen, and man, it, it, it is... Having it, a group, you know, you have each other to rely on. I only have myself. Right. Man, it, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for the time. and and uh, My pleasure. Best of luck on everything coming up, man. you got a, you got a busy schedule. I do, and best of luck to all the folks in the armed forces out there. Uh, we really appreciate you and your service and your your families and uh, how good you are. And uh, you really are good. And I, I thank you for it. Thank you, Don. If you like what you've heard, hey, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, pull a stranger in, uh, whisper in an ear. Just share and subscribe and give us that five-star rating so we can keep going. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by Revolver Studios with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron.